Melbourne's longest-running hospital, St Vincent's Hospital, is turning 125. They're calling on community to help rising funds. To support the vital work of the hospital by participating in a pyjama-themed fun run. On Sunday, April 15, at Princess Park in Carlton North. Registrations are now open. For more information, head to stvincentsfunrun.org.au. St Vincent's is a 3CR supporter. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts, and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids, and come in black, white, grey, and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, or order by phoning 9419-8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. This is 3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning and welcome to 3CR Thursday Breakfast on 3CR 855am. Hopefully have a jam-packed show for you today. Um, we're planning on uh, yeah, getting um, councillor or the chairperson of the ECCV, Councillor Chris Pavlidis, on uh, to talk about um, the emerging ageing um, consultation that they're having. It's a, it's a project, I guess, aimed at, uh, you know, um, tackling the, the emerging communities that sort of need targeted aged care services at around 7.30. And at 7.45, we'll be talking, hopefully, to either Michael Moore, the outgoing uh, president of the Public Health Association of Australia, and what they're talking about is uh, um, a need for cultural, culturally safe um, uh, healthcare, um, and, it, and it talks about really starting in the uh, the waiting room of a hospital. And then at eight o'clock, we might listen to part two. I think part one might be in the next ten minutes, which is the uh, time to choose rally that happened in Sydney on the twenty fourth of March. And then part two will be on at eight o'clock, and then at eight ten or eight fifteen, we'll be continuing our stolen wealth coverage um, in relation to the Stolen Wealth Games. But as usual, at this time of the morning, 3CR would like to acknowledge that we broadcast on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging, and acknowledge the continued resilience of First Nation peoples in the face of ongoing colonisation and settlement. We acknowledge sovereignty was never ceded, and a treaty was never signed. Might go to uh, one or two community announcements and then, um, yeah, we'll be back to get into the show. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. 
To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Oh, okay. We are back. Um, just uh, quickly, I was um, would like to, and I'll just as we're talking, bring that up. Um, let you know that uh, my former co-host Con has uh, yeah finally got his uh, book published, um, and it really is all about his life growing up in uh, a rural community, and I guess even coming to um, Melbourne and, you know, some of the experiences that he's had and what's led to him going on to become, um, uh, I guess, his role now at the uh, Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. So the book is called The Power of Hope uh, or How Community Love and Compassion Can Change the world, um, and it, it's through Harper Collins. You can get the, the the book there, and I'd like to say, yeah, congratulations to Con for finally, um, yeah, getting his book out there. I'm sure it will be an interesting read. I'll get myself a copy as well, um, just to make sure that I know exactly what uh, is happening. So it, you can find it on um, Angus and Robertson online, but also um, on Booktopia.com.au. Um, I'll just read a little bit of a snippet um, just to give you a bit of an insight as to what what it's all about. Um, He is on. It's the inspiring memoir um, from the founder of the Asylum Resource Centre, which argues that by putting communities, love and compassion back in the community, we can definitely make a difference. And I'm sure most of our listeners will be able to... uh, Get on there and um, yeah, read it and, and find it an, an inspiring read. And as you know, um, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is the largest independent human rights organisation for refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia. I did see a press release um, uh, the other day also that there's an organisation called Sport for Refugees and they um, get some sporting equipment together and try and you know, organise that to be sent into some of the refugee camps around the world and, you know, give people the, the power of hope, so to speak. Um, I'll go to a community announcement and then um, we'll try and listen to our first um, recording. I got the red-eyed unemployed workers' desperation Why does a wealthy country like Australia allow its unemployed workers to struggle in poverty without trying to create jobs? You may well ask. Unemployed Workers Fight Back is the Australian Unemployed Workers Union program, part of the sewer program on every second Friday of the month, 5.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. Our social security system is being defunded, privatised and dismantled and the poor and vulnerable are being criminalised and trampled upon. The Australian Unemployed Workers' Union is focused on helping unemployed and underemployed workers deal effectively with the job agencies, empowering them to fight back for their rights. Remember, unemployed workers fight back every second Friday of the month. 
5.30 p.m. on 3CR Community Radio. G'day, this is Jacob from the Friday Rave. If the week's politics have left you wondering whether it's you or the rest of the planet that's gone completely and utterly bonkers, join us at 5 o'clock each and every Friday for a Friday Rave here on 3CR, where we'll do our best to reassure you that it is actually you and us. A Friday Rave, bringing the 5 o'clock drinks debrief to you here on Community Radio 3CR. That's right, you're back on 855AM3CR on Thursday the 5th of April. Um, Thousands of voices took to the streets of Sydney to call for a clean, renewable energy future. And this rally took place in Sydney on March the 24th, which was a Saturday, and it was called the Time to Choose Rally. And some of the speakers um, included people like Nathan Leslie, Auntie Shirley, Charlie Prell, um, Anne Kennedy and Sally Ann Brown. And I guess this is um, an issue that, that was on their mind and should always be on our mind as well. So this is part one of the Time to Choose Rally. My name is Vivian Langford. I'm taking you tonight to the Time to Choose Rally in Sydney. The First Nations Australians led us and there were many, many groups of people, some of them had driven from miles and miles away to get there. In Martin Place, if you can imagine it, from the top where Parliament House and the Sydney Hospital are, right down to George Street, the other end, the Martin Place was absolutely filled. There were massive big puppets, there was a huge globe of the earth and hundreds and hundreds of banners saying things like Save Wallah, Save the Pilliga, Stop Hume Coal. I think there were over 10,000 people there. They represented country communities where coal mines are being extended or coal seam gas wells are, st- are being proposed still and even some one town, Barorina, where a nuclear waste dump is being planned and those brave people are absolutely standing up against it. One woman even came up from Tarthra, a little town on the south coast of New South Wales, which was overwhelmed by bushfires only six days before. Sixty houses had been destroyed and hundreds of hectares went up in flames. As Bob Brown said, these are the true patriots, not for them the short-term profits of mining coal and gas. They have Australia's long-term interests front of mind and that means the great artesian aquifer, the fertile black soils of the Liverpool Plains where you can plant crops twice a year, they told me, and the mighty rivers that could be contaminated if a nuclear waste dump is put up at Burrawarana. Believe me, these places, these little towns, small communities who've unified now to come here and show us their faces and let us hear their voices believe me they are vital to the historic battle to stop our exporting climate change that means coal and gas stop subsidizing it stop exporting it george woods from lock the gates alliance graciously welcomed the speakers the first ones you'll hear are nathan leslie auntie shirley charlie prell anne kennedy and sally ann brown demanding that coal and gas power be replaced with renewable energy to clean the air, save water and stop global warming. Let's do it. Our first speaker 
with today is Nathan Leslie. Nathan is a Gomorrah man from Northwest New South Wales. He is an activist for land rights and social justice. Two years ago, Nathan locked on in the Pilliga, standing up for country against coal seam gas. Jama, can you tell us, hear me up the back? Can you hear me up the back? All my beautiful people in the front, can you hear me? It's a real great to be here today. I stand here as a proud man of the Gamilaroi Nation. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional sacred country we now stand in upon the Gadamook. Thank you for allowing us to gather here today. It's really great to see so many people here today fighting for land rights, fighting for water, fighting for what they believe in. I come from the northwest New South Wales. My country at the moment is under attack from coal seam gas and coal mining. I stand here with my fellow Gomorrah people standing in solidarity. You know, let's get one thing right. Australia has a black history. Yeah. And the importance of all of us coming together now. Us as the original people and Gomorrah people have always stood up for our land, our water, our sacred sites, our children, our women, and also you now, our guests on our countries. You still have got to realise that you have a responsibility to this country as well. Because us mob, my Gomorrah mob, and my fellow countrymen and my fellow country women, we can accept that his white people aren't going away. Good way, but he's aren't going away. <laughs> so the importance of us now coming together yeah, the, the true importance of us coming together because we now have a common enemy. And that's the Australian government. Yeah. Now, I see a lot of people out in the crowd. I see a lot of people from back home, the non-Indigenous mob, that are stood up from Gomorrah country and put their bodies on the line. So I'd like to acknowledge you. Thank you. see a lot of other non-Indigenous mob out there fighting for land, for water, to our neighbours, our other countrymen, our other Indigenous brothers and sisters, and the help that you've given to them to stand up for their rights as the original people of the land. I acknowledge you and I thank you too. To my beautiful, strong black people, you know, I'll put my hand up to you, keep fighting. Yeah. We belong to the oldest continual cultural race and practice in the world. We've been here since the first sunrise and we ain't going away. You people, and when I say you people, the people that have been out on country, that have been out on the original places and our sites, 
and other people's country, other than Gamoray country or here in Gadabul country. You have experienced the beautiful feeling of this land and what it gives you. You know, you are now starting to understand what it feels like to be a black person every day. So the more that we yarn, the more that we conversate, the more that we spend time together, we'll start to teach you and we'll learn from you as well, but we'll start to share a bit more with you so you can get a deeper understanding of what it's like to have a, a connection to this country. You are feeling it now, so we ask you to keep coming on in, keep supporting our fight. treaty. The government wants a treaty with the original peoples of this country. We're going to say no more coal seam gas, no more mining, no more coal mining on any traditional lands. So the calls come out.
and I will not allow my son to be treated worse than me. So I see the world through his eyes. He does not know racism, he does not know hatred, he does not know greed, which is exactly how the world should bloody well be. And we can show the rest of the world just how great this country is. Okay? Thank you. Family farmer from Crookwell in the Southern Tablelands, New South Wales. He's a passionate supporter of wind farms and the benefits that they can bring to farmers and regional Australians while they generate clean electricity. He's the Deputy Chair of Farmers for Climate Action and a strong advocate for meaningful action to address the challenge of climate change. Welcome, Charlie. Hey, I'm Charlie Brell and I'm a farmer and I'm so proud of that. How many farmers are here today? Wonderful. I'm glad, so glad you've made the trek here to Sydney as I have to support this rally. On my farm I have already seen the effects of climate change. The effects of climate change are really, really scary. They're frightening. We're not living in a cycle. We are seeing dramatic changes in the weather that are due to climate change. We have to move on from the debate about climate change and we have to do something about climate change. I've battled droughts, floods, the vagaries of the commodity markets for 40 years, but there's hope in the, on the horizon. As I'm speaking to you here today, they're constructing wind turbines on my land and on adjoining farms that will generate clean electricity for you that live in the city. Now I know that those wind turbines will also assist me to manage and maintain a viable farm, a viable, economically viable farm, but also an environmentally friendly farm. I won't have to push the land as hard as I've had to do in the past to survive. There are multiple benefits from wind farms to the communities where I live in regional Australia. The Wind Alliance, the Australian Wind Alliance, which I'm part of, estimate that something like $30 million each year is being contributed to rural communities, to farmers, to neighbours, to people that live in regional Australia. Desperately needed economic, um, e economic input into rural Australia. $30 million at least every year, every year for the next 20 or 30 years. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. We need to make sure the rollout of renewables, wind farms and solar farms is expedited, not resisted. We need to make sure that we move towards a renewable energy future, that we choose a renewable energy future, not a fossil fuel based future. The royalties that are being paid to those farmers, like me and the communities, used to be paid to the politicians. Now they're being paid directly to the custodians of the land out there who are looking after it and are desperate to look after it. I'm a farmer but I'm also an environmentalist and I'm proud of that. And that was uh, part one of the Time to Choose rally where over 10,000 people came from hundreds of kilometres away um, to come and talk about the um, issue 
um, which is renewable energy, um, you know, and obviously it started with a great smoking ceremony and um, a heart-rendering song. So we'll hear part two uh, later on in the show, but in the meantime, we might go to a song, Bad Blood, by River of Snakes, before we get uh, Councillor Chris Pavelides on. River of Snakes with Bad Blood, just a bit of a... Wake Me Up song there, that's uh, I guess uh, a little ode to the, the Stolen Wealth games up there, <laughs> um, but uh, it will, um, yeah, uh, you know, hopefully got you out of bed anyway. 3CR Breakfast would like to say thanks to program sponsor, the New International Bookshop, for the financial support of this program. You can find Nibs in the basement of Trades Hall at 54 Victoria Street, Carlton. Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Donate now by calling 9419 8377 or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. You're on 855am3cr.org.au. Um, it's time now um, to get on to our next guest. We've uh, Over the years, we've had the pleasure of uh, having uh, the ECCV chair people come on board. Uh, we had Joseph Caputo um, talk to us a few times. We've had Eddie Mikulev talk to us a few times. And now we are joined by uh, the new chairperson, um, Councillor Chris Pavlidis, and she's going to be um, talking to us about uh, one of the uh, emerging ageing projects with um, which they have in conjunction with with Per Capita, which will be on Thursday the 3rd of May in the city, but also about the ECCV 2008 State Conference, which will run um, later in the year as well. Uh, We're joined now by... um, Councillor Chris Pavlidis. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on uh, 3CR. Good to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been, uh, has it been a hectic uh, start for you in the, uh, in the chair? Uh, yes, in many ways. <laughs> I could say it has. Oh, it's been, you know, challenges that we like to embrace. Um, and we work in this space, well, I do, um, driven by... Um, passion for the area and the issues in in the sector so it's it's a good it's all good and, and i know um i mentioned that we, we you know had a few conversations with eccv before it's been running nearly now well since 74 over 40 years yes. um and they've been doing some fantastic work in in the community but i was quite um interested in this uh, community co-creation uh the Emerging Ageing uh, from Idea to Implementation event that you've got coming up on, on Thursday the 3rd of May. Uh, the 4th, I think, oh, yeah, of yeah. May, yeah. Which, that's where it will be uh, showcased and launched, yeah. And, and so and in terms of that, um, I think the idea behind it is all about kick-starting a conversation that sort of, I guess, will explore how we can uh, work with our ageing population in the multicultural uh, communities. Yes, well, that's right. Um, for 
the listeners who may not be aware, I'll just a little blurb about ECCV. So the Ethnic Communities Council of Victoria, which represents about 240 organisations, mm. member organisations, and is there really as an advocacy, a peak advocacy structure, and works very closely um, with uh, state government as a conduit, if you like, um, for grassroots community and transferring um, issues and impacting policy. So um, as an advocacy structure, I guess um, it's our role to look at how we can influence change um, in uh, addressing a number of different issues. And the big issue uh, within Australia and, of course, Victoria um, is our ageing population and, of course, um, how it's impacted um, by our very strong cultural diversity. So it's a priority issue that um, everyone needs to be addressing and that we particularly have taken on board as... um, um, an issue in, in partnership, um, as you said, <laughs> with uh, per capita and the government, the state government, uh, and, and looking at how we can, I think, I suppose, think outside the box a little bit and be a little bit more creative in our responses. Hmm. And I think more importantly, you know, we know that, um, uh, that there are new and emerging communities, and I guess these people from the less established multicultural communities, their ageing population are missing out on sort of um, ethno-specific support, care support? Uh, Ethno-specific and ethno-generalist, if you like. Mm. Um, So in many ways um, we often play catch-up, but it's also very important to look at the very good work that um, is carried out uh, and rolled out at the grassroots level. But... I think the important factor here is recognising that um, with the shifts that have happened in, um, you know, um, uh, addressing issues in cultural diversity and the policy shifts that have happened in the last, say, half a century, 50 years, where we've gone from, you know, policy shifts of assimilation to multiculturalism, and now we're talking interculturalism and what all of that means, um, I think it's very important that we remain relevant uh, and and identify and address the issues for the newer and emerging communities, as you said. Um, the, the phenomenon around settlement, a migration and settlement, is not always that different, uh, but maybe our responses uh, as, as a state, you know, as a government um, and as a community can become a little bit... Uh, not stale, but maybe too complacent. So um, that's what this report is about. It's about saying, you know, we've got people who are settling, newer settlers. Um, they may be coming from the Middle East. They may be coming from the subcontinent. Uh, and we need to be working in with um, the ageing cohort from these communities. And that's what the report's done. So it's worked in with these um this target group, if you like, and spoken with them and identified uh, responses, you know, that in my view are not, you know, mind-blowing new. They're there, but maybe they haven't been rolled out, you know. So, And looking at the way we um, um, address real basic uh, issues um, uh, that may be uh, working as barriers to them accessing uh 
services, mm-hmm. um, developing their knowledge base. Uh, so really building their capacity as individuals and as communities to be able to engage uh, in a more inclusive manner and um, benefit from the mainstream but also the ethno-generalists and then developing ethno-specific where necessary services to cater more appropriately. So if we're talking about really basic things like language, which is, you know, the vehicle to um, engagement, social inclusion, um, and, and effective uh, settlement for new and emerging communities, we need to look at the way that's been um, addressed. Um, and uh, we're in 2018, and we're still talking in many respects about very basic responses to these systemic barriers that effectively um, tend to exclude um, newer and emerging communities. Yeah, and I I think I know, and you talk about the date, I know in 2014 there was a a, a policy discussion paper that was launched by the ECCV calling on the federal and state governments and the aged care sector to strengthen their engagement with the new and emerging communities as well. This this, um, uh, event that is happening obviously is based on, uh, on research and a project that you've already conducted that's then led to some of these ideas and now you sort of would like to have more speakers and, and, and I guess people discuss how we can implement it? Is that, is, is, am I getting that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, look, this report now um, is building on, the, as you said, the previous report, Building New Bridges, mm. and it's putting forward some recommendations for what we're calling positive ageing and the, and the government's referring to it as that, and living independently. So the data that's come back from the people uh, who have been engaged through this process, the research process, um, has have indicated that, you know, they want to remain in the community for as long as possible um, and as independently as possible. Um, so they're asking for solutions to help them with positive ageing in the community and to stay at home a lot longer. And that's, I guess, the theoretical model that government wants as well. But we need to be rolling out the programs that will facilitate and enable that for people mm. to be able to stay in their homes and in their communities a lot longer. Especially if um, you're someone who might come from, I don't know, let's say... Uh, the equatorial island of Guinea and you're old and you've only been in the country for 10 years and the idea is for you to get in-home specialised care but there's Mm. nobody out there that can actually speak your language to to be able to keep you at home. So then you're in the system and have to move to a nursing home which then leads to other struggles as well, I guess. Mm. And also, look, we'd be aware of the um, big reforms, um, the current reforms that the Australian government mm. is um, implementing um, under the aged care system yeah. and the My Aged Care approach um, that's taking away from the traditional hack, the home and community care model yeah. that's been around for ages. So in my view, it assumes a lot of the individual and particular communities to for have sure. the capacity and ability to navigate that system so that they don't fall through the loopholes. And when these loopholes <laughs> are broadened because of linguistic and maybe cultural uh, issues that serve as further barriers to accessing these services, well, we've got a real problem at hand. Well, I mean, even the service about... providers can't navigate their my yes, care website. Well, <laughs> yes, that's right. So it has been trialled in many ways. Um, and when we're talking about almost 100,000 people, older people, from these new and emerging migrant communities who are living in Victoria, and we know that the number is going to continue to grow given the way our population shift is happening, um, it requires, you know, um, an immediate response. 
and a practical response. So that's what this report is trying to do with the recommendations that have been um, identified in terms of increasing access to ageing and aged care services um, and coming up with the findings um, identifying um, things like I said that we know, right? Yeah. That the family, yeah. friends um, um, and community networks are one of the greatest importance, of the greatest importance to older people from new and emerging communities and also their faith, you know, so people turn to um, their, their belief system, their faith um, networks uh, for support so we have to work with that and um, and come up with models that um, can facilitate mm. pardon yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so the event as I said is in early May can anybody just turn up there down there in Burke Street to to um, I guess yeah hear about you know some of these some of these uh, options that are available or do they have to register on the website uh, there, there will be I believe a process closer to the date yep. so because we want to include a community consultation yep. at the launch um, so that we do find further ways to develop and implement the recommendations that have been identified through the report. Um, so, you know, looking at things like, for example, we talk about community hubs, you know, as a model of service delivery, community engagement. Um, if we had a model that looked at intergenerational and intercultural um, activities, programs for people from the new and emerging communities, that's it's, again, it's not like a mind-blowing, you know, um, in my view, um, ingenious idea. It's something that, that's been, you know, tried and tested in different ways, but mm. it's something that's been identified now through this cohort and for this cohort. Um, and, and it's a basic thing. Let's bring people together, you know, people who have got a lot of things in common, and let's focus on what they've got in common and build on that and bring people who are maybe going through or experiencing a similar kind of... Um, stage in their lives, you know, whether it's age, cultural uh, related, uh, and let's build on that. So that's one example, you know, of a recommendation that mm. will come through, yeah. And, and then 14 days later, you've got your um, Ethnic Communities Council of Victoria mm. uh, conference, state conference, I guess, that, and the idea for that one is all about... Um, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion in the workplace is, is one of the key messages, but also how, um, you know, diversity and inclusion can meet the three major challenges of, for the future, I guess, which is, you know, automation and coll collaborative, flexible economy, the va that values relationships supported by, um, yeah, digitalisation. That's right, yes. Yeah. Um, and um, I suppose we're calling it the... Uh, Revolution. Yes, yeah. that's right, for a reason. So we're not taking on the whole country, <laughs> in a sense, but, you know, we're, we're trying to, again, think outside the box a yeah. little bit and uh, address um, things that are sort of obvious in many respects, but maybe not to some people, yeah. because, you know, often you can become complacent again in, in the way people think and the way they perform and the way they respond to issues. So we want to um, challenge that a little bit. We want to jiggle that a little bit and we want to bring people together in the same room to sit together. So um, looking at the uh, what we call the tri-sector, so working uh, with government, with the community, grassroots community, and of course with the business sector and bringing um, these important um, representatives um, to the table so that they can identify together not just the issues, you know, because we, we often get stuck talking only about the issues, but very yeah. importantly on how we address the issues and how do we move forward and identifying um, 
what, what's the social capital that we're missing out on here? You know, when we talk about um, migrant communities and when we talk about um, the diversity in our workforce and the skill base maybe that has been overlooked. So how do we capture that so as to maximise um, opportunities across government, business, um, and, and community, community and yep. including social enterprise there too, you know, as well. the grassroots yeah. kind of, yeah. And so I think more importantly, exciting. sorry, yeah. more importantly, you know, for our listeners there, it might have seemed a bit strange to jump from aged care to to workplace, but it's all about, um, you know, the, the, the ethnic communities that are getting services from the ECCV, and, and you know, it's, it's a multifaceted approach. It's not just focusing in one area. Um, it's all about Absolutely. making sure those communities... Multifaceted, multicultural, and multidiversity. So, you know, I mean, our community, particularly in Victoria, as you would know, is... Um, um, you know, in many respects, um, cultural diversity and diversity is the mainstream, if you like, and it's regarded as the mainstream. But having said that, it still requires a lot of attention because people are falling through the gap, because basic um, um, livability issues are not being addressed effectively. And as I said earlier, it's 2018, and we're still, you know, um, grappling with some of these issues. So that I think the state conference this year, uh, our Workplace Revolution State Conference for the Ethnic Communities Council of Victoria, is an excellent opportunity to develop what we're saying will, could be a blueprint for a diverse tomorrow. That's, a, that's the caption that we're putting on this conference and um, the meaning that goes behind that. So looking at it you know, from a multicultural um, but cross-generational and intercultural perspective as well, so engaging um, across all of those cohorts. Yeah, well, so I think it's a very exciting opportunity to come together and <laughs> come away with, you know, concrete, um, tangible ways to address these, some of these issues. That's a busy month ahead for the ECCV. Um, Chris, thank you very much for, for joining us on 3CR. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, that, 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 that the emerging ageing um, co-creation event um, is a success and we can see some of those uh, ideas put into, uh, into practice. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Have a good day. Same to you. And okay. that was Councillor Chris Pavlidis, who is the Ethnic Communities Council of Victoria chairperson, and she mentioned that they've got, um, I guess, you know, the idea to hear voices of emerging ageing community members, the experts in their own lives, exploring some of their project outcomes and, um, you know, trying to cooperate to move their research from idea to implementation. And they've also got a state conference on the 17th of 18th of May, which will talk about diversity in the workplace and, I guess, tackling, um, you know, the issues of, uh, of inclusion and also making sure that those major challenges in the future uh, are, su- uh, are supported. Tune in, dig deep, and clean up by purchasing some fantastic discounted gardening books from 3CR's online garden store. We have books on waterwise gardening, organic vegetables, roses, climbers, and creepers, and even clematis. It's easy. Just go to our website, 3cr.org.au, and follow the links on the front page. Don't have internet access? Call the station during business hours between 9 and 5, and we'll post out a catalogue in the mail. All proceeds help keep Melbourne's favourite gardening show on air for another year. Tune in 7.30am every Sunday morning. And that was uh, Don't Sleep by Lou Bennett.
and the sweet cheek. Not cheeks, but sweet cheek. Um, I haven't been able to get uh, Michael Moore on, but um, hopefully we'll get uh, either Michael or Carmen on next week. But what I'd wanted to sort of talk to um, Michael about, and, and it sort of follows on from what we were just talking about with uh, Councillor Chris Pavlides, you know, I guess their focus of the ECCV there is... Um, uh, focusing on uh, multicultural communities and, and you know the the healthcare benefits or, or the way to, to to provide services for uh, ethno-specific aged care support. So the Public Health Association of Australia a few days ago um, had called for culturally cultural safety in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander healthcare last week, along with a number of other leading health groups and medical practitioners. And I guess as an extension to this, the PHAA also supports all viable and suitable cultural safety measures in the provision of health care to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, including culturally appropriate waiting rooms. And it sounds a, a bit strange, but, you know, culturally safe health care should really start in the waiting room. Um, Carmen Pater, the, she's the Vice President of the PHAA, um, affirmed the, the PHAA's support for such an initiative, saying that all healthcare providers need to consider the cultural dimensions of the services they're providing and embrace culturally safe care, which is determined to be safe by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander patients and their families. Um, and the, you know, this might include making hospital rooms a welcoming and supporting environment for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, which will help to build trust between them and their healthcare providers and enhance cultural sensitivity in medical treatment. Uh, and I think um, integrating cultural safety in an active manner will sort of reconfigure healthcare to allow greater equity um, of realised access rather than the assumption of full access, including... Um, procession to, I guess, appropriate intervention. Um, there was a great example um, in South Australia for the need to improve equality where a study found that Indigenous people uh, presenting to emergency departments with acute coronary syndrome were half as likely as non-Indigenous patients to undergo an angiograph. I guess more broadly, um, Indigenous people admitted to the hospital um, are less likely to have a procedure for a condition than Indigenous people have so if you can, you know, put in place to have, um, you know, to to make sure uh, that these waiting areas are designed and I guess implemented in close consultation with relevant local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and Aboriginal community controlled health organisation, there might be a bit more of a, a I guess a, a start and a process to make sure that the uh, existing health and safety and quality standards are. Sufficient enough, currently they're insufficient to ensure culturally safe care for Indigenous patients in order to achieve um, the optimum care outcomes. But we'll um, try and get um, Michael Moore on next week or even um, Carmen Pater, and she works as a, um, a professor at Sydney University and is an Indigenous woman herself, so hopefully one of them can join us. But um, we'll go to a few community announcements, and after that we'll uh, listen to part two of Vivian Langford's uh, Time to Choose um, rally. You've got to remember, Nanox, a special day for us, fellas. That's a reminder who we are. 
Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3CR Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars, Australia's only live prison broadcast. I am a black, black man. NAIDOC means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present. NAIDOC means a lot to me for my family and my people. And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcasts via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcasts. Happy NAIDOC! Hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name's Paul. This is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great really healthy and nutritious. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. Earlier in the show, we uh, heard part one of the Time to Choose rally, which was um, in relation to thousands of voices who took to the streets in Sydney to call for a clean, renewable energy future. Uh, Beyond Zero Emissions, Vivian Langford um, went to Sydney, and this is part two of that um, recording. Now, this is what I want you to do. We're living in a time of revolution. This is an industrial revolution. Some say we're living in the time of the third industrial revolution. But it's up to all of us today to make sure that we make this revolution more than an industrial revolution. It has to be a social revolution at the same time. We have to choose to make that revolution a social revolution. Distributed renewable energy is part of that future. Revolutions don't happen from the top down. They happen from people. People drive revolutions. You people and us people that live in regional Australia, we must drive that revolution. So today, pull out your phone and join up to the Australian Wind Alliance. Join up to Solar Citizens. Join up to the Repower Campaign. This platform for New South Wales has already been produced. We can power New South Wales from renewable energy. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.